All right, we're live. It's live. Teal Swan. Episode four. The Deep End. I love the title. Definitely love the title, The Deep End. Doing it and doing it and doing it well. That girl is something else. And um, I'm definitely not sold on her completely as a... um, um spiritual teacher although she's definitely doing a lot of that work and i'm 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 sure a lot of it's good but uh just i didn't i have n- no knowledge of her before watching the documentary so my complete impression is basically just off the documentary um so there could be more to it but f- for certain it brings up a lot of interesting spiritual questions and um Lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah, it does for sure. Um, I was I was listening to Osho today as well. Started to get into that book. Um, but last night I the fifty hour one. Yes. Yep. Well, I mean, I we can get into that after this a little bit. But try dude, to- I turned it on today and I can't believe it. I turned it on. I've been listening to this thing forever and it says 17 hours left. It's just like the book that keeps on giving. It's you have so been long. Listening. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a long time. But yeah. I just do a little bit and I turn it off just like a daily devotional. Like sometimes I can handle a little bit more in a day, but, but I just do a little bit every day, but it's, it's definitely, it, it gives every day. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, I did have a few points on Osho, just as far as listening. Um, you want to start with Teal? Yeah, we can start with Teal. We can come All back right. to that. So, yeah, I rewatched the entire series or the first four episodes last night again, um, just to kind of get a refresher. Sometimes when you watch it back a second time, too, it's a, a little bit of a different perspective, but. It's definitely something I, I only have an opinion on from from the way Hulu presented it. So, I mean, just want to throw that out there. I've I've not read any books. I've I've not done any kind of research on Teal Swan other than the documentary. And we all know how things can be shaped and um, phrased and taken out of context. So, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but there is some unique stuff that I was introduced to that I think that could be real that are definitely intriguing and some things I want to explore definitely with you as well. Um, I feel like she's like the, you know, Roy or yeah, she's a female. So, uh, she would definitely get a bad rap for being a more like aggressive spiritual teacher, you know, in your face. I think she would get a bad rap just, just because she was a female. Yeah. And they would, you know, almost prejudge right away. Um, if there was any type of, you know, snapback or, but there, there are some times when it feels like she's very reactionary, but there's very, there's times that I feel like she sticks to her guns and, um, you know, just like I would expect any other spiritual teacher to do so. Uh, she definitely does not 
want people to follow her uh, if it's not in their best interest. I don't, I, I love how they, they frame the cult and, and the lady investigating while, you know, they're filming the documentary. I thought that was very well put together. But I at like the end that of the, lady. Yeah. The but at the end of the day, if you have, if you're an influencer and you do an investigation and somebody does something, no matter if you're a spiritual teacher or not, you you're really on the, on the fence of, of, of the finger being pointed at. So you kind of feel for her. I mean, she's doing a lot of good and helping a lot of people, but they're also telling her, you know, by what you're saying, you could be helping people commit suicide, but that's, it's a far stretch because you can do that with pretty much anyone. I mean, there's a lot of people that taught a lot of people and, you know, some of them didn't work out and they chose to take their own life. So going in that direction, I mean, I, I definitely think she's got the extra thing going against her just because she's a female. Well, that it would be true in, in every field, whether you're talking about the legitimate mental health field, whether you're talking about the religious field, whether anybody, whether you're talking about the suicide hotline, I mean, anybody where somebody goes for help for suicide. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I mean, that system is, you know, to some degree asking themselves liability questions. Yeah. So it's just anybody who's working with that group um, is going to deal with some serious blowback if things don't go very well. Obviously, because people want answers once uh, suicide is um, one of the topics that hits a family. I mean, no family takes that well. So you have, you know, real aggressive um, follow ups from family, I'm sure, if something goes bad. But like you were saying, it's every field. It's not specific to her. And ultimately, like, that's the one thing that we don't get to see because like real quickly, like the judgment can almost be solved, like right off the bat, like, and we don't know the score. So if she like wakes up nine out of 10 people and then she like loses one, you know what I mean? And I don't know what the numbers are, like whatever the numbers are, but I'm just saying we would need to know like how, how much of this is successful versus how much of this is not but you don't really get that from the documentary. You have no idea like in terms of statistically, how often are you helping people? But you do have amazing stories where people say that they've been helped. I mean, there was plenty of those. So she's obviously like hitting some people um, very passionately. Yeah, just going to the first scene that was in the water, I think that's kind of what had me hooked right from the very beginning. Uh, it was we had just talked about water and yeah. uh, the energy flowing through water differently than in the air. Um, that was pretty intense going into it. So I, they framed it to where um, you know, it was going to be pretty intense the whole the whole show. But there were some pretty authentic moments in there, especially when they're in pairs. I mean, they were tapping into some serious anger and, you know, 
only good can come from that. It's like the ultimate suffering. Once you you go to that place and you can't do anything but awaken. There were some pretty good scenes um, that I that I saw from being authentic. Um, yeah, even the water. I mean, when she's holding and she's whispering, I mean, that was kind of her at her best where she's just like whispering. You could tell she's just whispering presence in, in their ear. She's just opening up right. and loving, you know, in that moment. And it that did look um that did look like somebody present helping somebody else. I mean, for sure. And then like just the water thing, it was funny because yeah, there's definitely a lot there where I I don't think we said it last time, but immediately when I was watching, I'm like, oh, John the Baptist. Like this this is an old concept of water being conductive and then um also water being spiritually conductive. I mean, just following a law of nature, it's it's uh, conductive properties are just more intense than what the air is. Right. And you could, you could certainly see, you know, a demonstration in the body in terms of who she's helping. I mean, there was definite like physical reactions that those people were feeling that were, uh, you know, on the level of, um, you know, slightly convulsion. Um, I suppose somebody could be making that up, but it looked like they were, you know, emotionally shaking. I mean, and if somebody's sitting and going through that process, to that degree where it's actually physically affecting the body. And then you have a spiritual healer on top of you. That's just completely focused and speaking love. Like, yeah, that's gotta have some kind of power behind it for sure. So what did you think of the channeling? Which I know this is a this is a level of skepticism. Even when you watch it back a second time, I mean, there's uh, the fact that one of the people that she used was a part of her inner circle. But that's a hell of an acting job if, if that was the case. It's, yeah, um, that sure did look authentic to me too. And it's something that we discussed. Uh, Got to be a particular strength that we would have the two of us um, more so than one person and what kind of techniques we could use. And that's the first time I've ever seen anything like that. I mean, um, but the concept, if you were going to, when you, you just saw it the second time, right? Yep. Did it seem like at the end of it, like Teal was just saying something and then the girl would say something? So it was almost like an echo. Teal would say it, then the girl would say it, and then the guy would feel it. Like, see, I thought at the end she actually started saying stuff out loud. Oh, she was like the guide. Teal just said, you can go home now. And then she fell over. I mean, she was okay. just... It was... Uh, she was the guide for her. I mean, she was holding her hand while the guy was talking to his mother and basically comforting the, the mother that have that had come back. 
It does seem like if you were going to do that, you would need to use a body. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's pretty, um, if you could do that, I mean, it seems like just the things you were talking about over the weekend, the things that could come into you and you feel like you dissolve. Um, there's got to be a unique reason for two brothers on this path. Um, not to say that, you know, that, that would be our gift, but it, it would be interesting to experiment on some, some different levels for sure. I just never seen it before. And we're going through this whole process and we're doing our fourth podcast. We're getting heavily involved. And then you have this documentary that comes out and we're seeing like how two people can do something special. Amplify. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two people working together, there's an, there's a definite advantage of the different, different techniques that you would be able to use. Um, and like you're talking about Osho, they're raising the dead. I mean, how else do you do it if you're not, uh, you know, channeling how, where does it go? How else do you do it? There has to be some type of send off. There can't, like you don't see it there, but there has to be some type of vessel. There has to be a send off. It makes me wonder if that, that's the kind of activity that sad guru wouldn't talk about um, that much on Joe Rogan. Some, some stuff that didn't even just make us sound like we're complete out in left field. And he didn't want to go there. And I don't think he went there on a lot of stuff that happened. And, um, but just makes you think, you know, it's just made me see is it's opened my eyes to a lot of different stuff. Yeah. The, the only problem I had with like that specific scene was I just, there was another way to interpret it for me because that was the same guy that she like had a negative reaction to just in terms of him opening up that he was attracted to her sexually. Yes. That was the same guy. So she's already had a reaction to him. She's mm-hmm. already had a re- reaction to the girl. And I just felt like she was somewhat emotionally tied to the two and I felt like she could have channeled just energy into her, like without and without like the presence of the dead mother, like just from that emotional stuff that she was feeling alone and then just guide the girl to say what the guy needed to hear, like directly. And then the guy understands it. He thinks it's coming from his mom, but it was just heal the whole time just delivering exactly what he needed to hear. And then Osho would be like completely okay with that. Cause he would just say, it's the manipulation of the truth that you needed to hear. You know what I mean? He would be, he ha- would have no problem with that. I mean, he's doing stunts like that all the time. And then, so like the only thing, the only leap I didn't make was that like, she snaps her fingers and like, I can find your mom like right now. Like, really? You can just decide you need to talk to his mom and five minutes later we're in a channeling seance? But I can Mm -hmm. totally believe that she could 
deliver a message through that girl to the guy. I just, there was just more ways to interpret that. Like, and either way, even if it's like the way I'm saying, it's still very powerful. It was was for the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're channeling. I mean, you've already sat down with the guy, so you know exactly what he needs to hear from his mom because you've already had multiple sessions with him. I'm assuming every time he opens up about what his issues are, I mean, that's on record. So they know like what his actual problems are that he's trying to work through. And then Teal could have just delivered exactly what he needed to hear through the young girl. Because when you, you sat down and you watched the show. So part of this is my personal experience that I'm wrestling with a little bit, um, not wrestling with, but just, it's almost like there's an easier explanation for it. When you sat down and watched it, you, you remember what you said? You said it creates a strong feeling, which turns in, you remember exactly how you said that? So, yes. And it's, uh, it's same thing. The second time it, just the show in general, created more feeling for me than 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 any other documentary i've watched either because i was way more into it i don't know i don't think so i don't think it was like a different viewing but it was the feeling was so strong and i'm kind of getting it now and it starts on my back and like chills that run around my arms but this could go to like emotion very quickly like i was watching in like certain scenes and it was, it started out with a feeling. And then if I wanted to feel it even more, it was like, it would like turn into emotion, like with seeing, you know, it's pretty powerful when you see someone's like angry demon, like coming out, you get a feeling you're watching them. It's like, it just kind of like, uh, almost like surfaces with them. Like you, you, you feel what they're to a certain degree, but I, I get that all, all through that. Um, all through that documentary. And yeah, if and I let it go, I, I feel like I would just be like crying watching the documentary. It just wells up. I'm like, what, what is going on? Cause it's not, nothing in there is really that sad or anything. There's just, for some reason, a lot of emotion with it. I so I totally agree. And it's just a matter of you sit down and, you're engaging with something powerful and it causes a feeling. Mm-hmm. So I've had an experience twice um, since uh, waking up. And the other time was I was watching another show. So I was watching, um, it was a horror movie that was just recommended, but it was just, it was super um, uh, disturbing. And I also had like a really intense feeling. So that's so out of the two times that this has happened to me is when I sit down and I'm engaging what is basically a collective thought process, right? I mean, so you're agreeing to this. I sit down and this thought process I'm allowing in. And as soon as I do, it's like, okay, this is going to be big, right? So you get the feeling. The feeling, like you said, quickly turns into emotion. And for me, it's really interesting because I was watching it with Brecca. So she's sitting right next to me 
and she's having a negative reaction like right off the bat. So that's right next to me. And I'm and she's like a, she's a really good judge of character and so she, I'm definitely getting pulled into her cuz that's the whole point if you sit down and watch something with your wife. I mean, you're kind of chatting about it. You're going back and forth. What do you think? What do you think? So her reaction is very negative right from the start and really doesn't change through the entire thing. So I have that too. So I know she's reacting to it. She's having a feeling. It's bringing up an emotion. That emotion is anger and she's speaking it out loud, right? I'm Mm -hmm. having a feeling that feeling's turning into emotion. And the only thing I'm doing different is I investigate the emotion with my thought. So you just like go in and look at it. Like, what is that? Like, what is going on? And both times it's, it's inferiority. It's trying to make me small. It's saying, Oh, you're not going to, you're not ever going to be a spiritual leader. Like you're, you're not ever going to be, why, why are you even interested in this? This is not going to be, it's trying to make me small. Right, right Mm -hmm. away. But this is so interesting. So my ego construction happens so quick that I can let it go, but I remain behind. And I'm so comfortable with that voice in my head that answers when the emotion comes that I can just step back and I can let him take stage. And he's just blabbing away at this guy and they're talking. But he thinks he's making me small and I'm just chatting away back at him and being a smart ass. And that's when you texted. And so you text me and you just texted me like some information on shadow work because you knew I was watching the documentary. Like it shouldn't have been like a synchronizing event in my head. Like I should know this. But with the way it hit me, I was already feeling small. And it's like, Luke doesn't even think, Luke thinks you're foolish. Luke, and it, it was using you, right? But the whole thing, I'm watching an amusement behind, like real amusement. But it, the amusement gets so bad that it's almost like I start belly laughing. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. It's almost like belly laughing, <laughs> but that laughter turns into like vibrations in the body. But then the vibrations in the body, when I'm holding, when I'm holding my crotch, you can see it. My hand is shaking, but it's in time with the belly laugh. It's almost like the laughter creates it. And then it just, I feel so good. And it's, it's like a laughter feeling, but it also, there's like a sensation, like if you can imagine like you're at an auditorium and um, you're like watching a play on Broadway and it's like really, really serious. And like, you're the one guy in the audience like starts laughing. Like you feel like you're making everything in you uncomfortable, but, but that just makes you laugh harder. Yeah. And so you're just like, look, you guys. <laughs> and it's just like this. I don't even recognize the laugh. It's not like a laugh that I do. It's like a deep, deep Buddha belly laugh. <laughs> and, but the body literally responds to it. Like the body shakes. And then it's like, I think, and it's like there's negative energy that like I trapped. 
and then you like expose it to light and it immediately like you can see it, it retreats out of my head and it tries to go back in and then it's like there's nowhere for it to go and then you're just kind of stuck with this shakiness which this uh weekend it lasted not even five minutes and then it's gone and i just feel funny and silly and wonderful and you know watch the rest of the show thank you for painting that picture because that was pretty cool um yeah that i get it that was that was pretty cool diagram that i just saw of of your head i I get the word demon trap now i understand yeah um because the first the first time it happened to me like it, it kind of it was a little bit more intense and I, I was, I was watching a horror. It was way disturbing. Like I won't even say the movie. It was so disturbing. And I almost, I couldn't even finish the movie. Like I had to do something else and have the movie on so I could just kind of pay attention to what was happening. But that one, it was almost the same exact thing, except the, it kind of took over my torso. Like I was, you would have, if you were to saw me at that moment, you would think something's going on with me. And I mean, I've got a family at home, so I'm not trying to put myself into like Parkinson's for crying out loud. And it was in my torso and it was more. um, It was more intense in the body. So, yeah, there could be like different degrees, like different levels of energy, different degrees. Um, But, yeah, that's part of my process that's going on right now. So for. For you, after you, having that crazy, massive awakening you did probably a couple months ago, and now you being able to see those things come in, um, the whole backwards infect name is built on uh, nobody being able to to catch that and and being in that hypnotic condition. But it's just interesting to see how how you deal with what comes in and how it goes out of your body now, because I think you've seen for years and, you know, people's childhood and the, the whole reason why we're kind of doing this is the realization that most people don't understand that things are coming in like that things are coming in and taking ownership and then being able to stand back from it calmly is, is, or, describing how you deal with it when when things come in negatively um it's it's the secret that nobody that all the spiritual teachers talk about it's 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 the 100 percent flaw of basically all of humanity is not knowing the origination of of what's coming into their brain and then it doing its work and and manifesting itself and you're manifesting negative negative thoughts and you know, you're having good days, you're having bad days. And, but for the most part, your, your whole being is, is be because of the reactions that you've had your whole life, negative reactions to stuff that's, that's come in thoughts that have come into your head that you actually take responsibility for as if they were your own. Now that's one of the most mind tricks of all is, is even the most morbid thoughts that would come into your head and someone without the understanding or knowledge to actually take responsibility for a bad thought 
and that's a big that was a big learning curve for me and i think it should be a big learning curve for a lot of people like there's a lot of bad thoughts that come across the screen of people's minds every day i mean we we see evidence of it everywhere but being able to not take responsibility or see it for what it is is really really uh, super huge uh, just just for mental health in general and how does how does a serial killer come to be or how does a someone that you know performs a mass shooting how does that come to be that came to be from a thought that that came in and they didn't know what to do with it it got inside and there started to be a struggle and then once that struggle ensues you start manifesting so you start manifesting you start believing lies it starts becoming you you start thinking well i must be evil the trickery starts immediately i must be evil i mean i'm thinking about all these bad things or doing bad things to people it starts to take ownership and then you know the snowball gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then you also with those thoughts now you have like deep rooted anger like maybe from your childhood or or so you have crazy different negative energies and then you have bad thoughts that come in you and you don't know what to do with them it's a recipe for disaster and it's it's a lot of people don't act on it but they're they're getting medicine they're getting medicine for it because they don't know how to deal with the thoughts. Yeah, so, we're we're good with me if it wants to talk about inferiority, because it, when it when it comes in, because there's two ways: it's either inferior or superior, like where it wants to push you. Like, but I'm so comfortable with superior because I'm pretty goddamn wonderful, and that's what I thought for a real long time. So I know that pride when it's trying to build you up. But when it tries to go the other way and it's pushing me down and then it's literally like bringing you up as it's as if it's going to tear me down on you and me and our understanding of spiritual spirituality right now. Like the the key is the laughter is so genuine. It's just like when you start nailing the gratitude, like it really is amusement. It really is like oh my gosh this is hilarious this is so funny and i what's so interesting now is like i'll never be fooled with inferiority that that's me because i was way more caught up in you know the pride of my own intellect and i mean even that now doesn't fool me but so it just makes because you said at some point, maybe it's dangerous and you weren't talking about me specifically, but you were just talking about the, th- the three people. Like dangerous. what do you think? Dangerous. Dangerous for who out of the three? Um, I'm thinking where I remember Teal saying how, when she laid the groundwork that it was, um, something that was risky and dangerous yeah. and where Who's that in danger. 
I'm I'm thinking the person that's the vessel. <laughs> I mean, if I, yeah. I mean, Teal's not in danger. The guy's not in danger. Um, yeah, it's got. She's got to be talking about the. But again, those those are even like exorcisms. Like they seem really nasty and ugly, but uh, physiology, physical wise, I mean, I I don't. Uh, it's nothing but good for your health after something like that comes out. I mean, something like that staying in could keep keep you in bad health. But I've never seen or heard of any like physical danger. Um, but. And I don't even know if that's what she was speaking of. With me and you, I just was like envisioning three people. I don't see any danger with that at all. I'm just saying what, what you know, we're, we're talking to a, a, a third person who's obviously needing some type of spiritual guidance and just presence and energy in her hands standing in a circle you know rotating because i think me and you could get that that energy flow and eye contact with very few words just freaking circling like yeah just circling circling and i think i would pick up on agitation or anything that was starting to surface and it's completely safe not dangerous for the other person involved but so I am specifically identifying with it. So I'm using the structure because I spent so much time in that place. And I've watched my ego identify with thoughts for so long that it happens naturally. And now I can let it go. And so we were kind of talking about like, so you know you're attaching to it. You're just letting it happen, and then you're yep. taking that step back. Mm-hmm. But that's how you investigate, like, what's going on with that energy that you know must be negative because you sat down and you had a reaction to something that's happening negative. Your wife sitting next to you is having a negative. So clearly what's in you is probably negative. And then we were saying, like, the strength of these type of things. So you would think that like the ultimate like identification and let's say it's something super powerful and it's like, okay, now you're going to identify with it for a moment. Like, is that, is that just going to snatch you away into a hell? No, that could be your role as you're speaking. I mean, it's, it's making perfect sense that that could be your role. (laughs) So if I'll, that I'll stand, I'll stand guard. <laughs> if that happens on the outside, it could look more like like a seizure to everybody else. That's possible, right? I mean, I mean so if it's if it, going around and and exiting someone's body and going into your body, because at that point, if it's going like full charge, it's going to be playing with fear. It's yes. going to try to. And then that gets weird because think about how much time I spent in sleep paralysis. Like that's not going to surprise me either. No, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think anything is going to surprise. I mean, uh, other than, wow, I've never seen that before, but no, I mean, uh, in the same room, um, with their energies working together, uh, surprising just maybe due to the fact that, You've never seen that card played before. 
But nothing. So, this brings up like um, some like one of the things that I love about the documentary is it's demonstrating the mechanical nature of things. Yes. With trauma and yep. Yep. So if we start from like a truth that we know, so let's say we know everything is one consciousness and we can't quite explain it, but you can think about it in terms of you are tethered to that one consciousness. It's almost like an umbilical cord or something like there's that, that consciousness has a tether that comes to you. And if you search within, you can actually go back through that tether to the one greater consciousness. The reason why we get so caught up is because nobody understands to go search within to get back. Everybody tries to look for it outside. And so they, they, they're always going the wrong direction. Yeah. Correct. Yes. So this is where it gets interesting because we were saying like one of our other questions was um, the difference. We were, we were saying a demon and a suicide. And like you were saying earlier, just now, the thought comes in, the thought takes ownership the thought ends up winning. I mean, it's convinced the vessel that it's evil. Only because it, of a reaction. Only because of reaction. But we see it play out all the time in the news. There's all kinds of nasty reactions. And one of those reactions is suicide. Yes. If there is an entity behind that suicide, we are saying, what does it gain from that? Correct. Remember? Yes, I do. So just an open question. I'm not as if like we know, because I mean, this is obviously speculative territory. What does it gain from that? The only thing that comes to mind is when you were asked how you want to die at this point in your life, you said, I'd like to be somewhere scenic and sitting on a big rock and die in presence creating a place where you know like one of the yogi places in wyoming where there would be a almost like spiritual well there's got to be some type of opposite to that uh when that happens uh and i don't know what i mean i guess we can get into the the suicide of of one of our, well, I guess ex family members, but you had called me that day and we were discussing it. And, and that was right after my first awakening, really strong awakening. I think that was the first week. I mean, I was just looking at the trees and stuff and, and there's this chaotic phone call. Um, and the only thing that came to mind was just, I, I just, said it and knew but dying in the hell of hell of their own mind so that's an energy um dying in the hell of your own mind 
where does that go? And what does that do? What have See, not going to think... speculate on what I, you know, think happens when you die or, but uh, all, all I can say is like more power for, for that entity, more power. And, and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I want to make it clear. I'm not saying that because I think when it's, it's hard because consciousness when it dies i do think there's an awakening as well you know so is it when you die awake on a rock compared to someone that's committed suicide and they you know there's an awakening opportunity there um but there's even if it's not something tangible that it gets it's an it's uh, it still gets something even if it didn't, I mean, it, it was, it was able to get the control and power and pride of, of ending a life. So it's still, it's still getting fed, even if it doesn't get the complete, you know, the whole soul, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. They're still taking, um, what, what they do even on, on earth. I mean, they're, they're, they're taking, 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 and they get power from reactions. And that's like the ultimate reaction. I mean, getting someone to do that. So they're, they're getting some of the power, even if they don't get complete ownership when they cross over. I, I still can see every person that dies has this awakening, even at yeah, death, even if they're never awake their whole life. Um, that's what I see. But what, what that awakening looks like, I have no idea. But I think it's that false sense of anything. I mean, a demon comes in you, it thinks it got something. It just, it, they're just constantly trying to get some type of energy, constantly trying to get some type of reaction, constantly trying to feed. It's just. Yeah, I, I do have a theory. I'm probably complicating things, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I amuse myself with it. <laughs> But if you if you imagine that tether, and that so let's say that make that tether like a straight line back to the source. There could be like demon operation in between. So where the tethers are, and that could be like all around the uh, the consciousness. Now what happens is when you go back, like pride's a great example. Like everybody gets caught in pride. That's where basically everybody is asleep. Everybody's asleep in pride. Everybody has this own idea of who they are. They have some kind of confidence in it. And that's the thing that blinds them from understanding that they're, they're actually part of the whole. So if you follow that tether, like don't go in a straight line back to the source. There's like an angle. And then there's pride. And pride is supposed to be the domain of Lucifer. So that's lucifer and everybody that's caught up in pride can get caught up there and that's the first bend of the light now we know as soon as you start bending light it bends in the other way so you'd have greed you'd have wrath you would have all these others and then just like the prism where you have the seven primary colors and they divide into infinity not just pride but the pride could be connected to wrath and so you would have people that are not just connected to pride, but connected to both. And then that could go to like masochism. You see what I'm saying? And what you do when you start doing it like that and creating connections, now you've created an infinity of hell. 
So my point being, if a demon wins and you get the suicide, you would go back, but you don't have a direct line back to the source. You have to get through the matrix now to get back to the source. So you're going to go back straight to the pride or straight to the pride and the greed or whatever you were hung up on. There's like a little place for you that you won't be alone in. And that demon now has your tether back to the source. So it's get, it's getting fed consistently because you're still a consciousness. And now it has you trapped. And then once that demon makes more connections to different, different avenues, his little spot gets bigger and bigger and or more and more populated which gives him more and more score count so the only question is it's like what happens if you like fully awake just pop into that place and be like hey what's up fellas what's up look my eyes are open i know how to get back to the source anybody want to get out of here that's the only question i have like like i said probably too complicated (laughs) uh uh I love the visual. I was right there with you. No, but yeah, I mean, knowing what happens after we die, I mean, it's just all a matter of speculation and, um, it would just be blasphemous to know think that we knew what would happen after we die so they're they're interesting things to talk about for sure yeah and a lot of them make sense but um osho i was going to talk about him a little bit yeah so i start i was up in atlanta today and so i had a good bit of a drive and um, I was listening, started his, uh, 73 hour. What's the name of it called? Secret of secrets. Secrets of the golden flower. Yeah. Maybe it's secret secrets. The, yeah. Well, he talks about the golden flower, but I think the cover is secret of the secrets, but it's interesting because when I listen to any type of spiritual teacher, I always kind of let it go in one ear and out the other. Um, and just wait for that something to hit you that smacks you in the face that, that you needed to hear. Um, so I have a, a very, very good listening technique that I use, but with Osho, I can't do it cause I can't understand them. So I have to listen to, <laughs> I have to listen to every word like intently, but that's not how I like to listen to spiritual yeah. teachers. I like to let it kind of flow in and flow out. And, and then I hear the, you know, the truths come in as as they hit me and if there's nothing i don't need it just you know passes right through me but it's very difficult to do that with osho because he's his english is um second second language uh but he's i i know osho's fruits he's the real deal i don't need to listen to someone for very long uh he's definitely the real deal um i don't know enough about the documentary my suspicion is that he created a religion just to make the point. 
which is the most badass thing I've ever seen on the planet, <laughs> just to make the point, it's it's absolutely phenomenal because there's no other there's no other reason he would do it. You know, a lot of making the point is is huge when you're trying to wake someone up. You know, you and for him to go to that extent to make a point is uh, very uh, admirable and and to the degree that people get the way Osho was, even to this day, even to this day, even like in the Jesus days or when you get to that seriousness, they will, right now it's lock you up. They will try to lock you up. And that um, that's one thing I look for too is this is something I wanted to talk about. It's just popping in my head. The hatred towards certain people, there's a difference. There's, there's love hate with, with someone who's made it to a certain influence as a spiritual teacher and they're uh, aligned in truth and they make it to where they, they've, they've communicated that truth to a large amount of people they're attracting a negative force that is going to try to get them locked up. I'm not saying it's actual law enforcement or whatever, but there, there is a love hate that goes on. And just to give a little bit of contrast, David Koresh was a cult leader. No fruits was polygamist had, so many wives, child molester, whatever you want to say, you can look at the guy and tell he didn't have any fruits. So there are not haters of David Koresh. There's people that look at David Koresh for what he is. There is no one that loves David Koresh other than an infatuation. You're going to have an infatuation of some of the followers. Maybe some of them are still infatuated. There is no love towards David Koresh. There is no hatred towards David Koresh. There is no following of David Koresh that I know of that is like, I hate David Koresh because there is no opposite. They, yeah. So when you get someone that's so whole, the opposite will find him and they will use whatever means necessary whether it starts with an investigation where they start looking at this they start looking at his taxes oh he took 10,000 here they start investigating they eventually get this guy in jail they they start persecuting him they because it's a hate flow that comes towards someone like that and it gets to you a know, very admirable state my favorite book is the stand from when I was, and that's the whole concept. That's the Stephen King book, which starts off, you know, the whole Dark Tower series, basically. And it's, it's a super flu coronavirus, but I mean, if it was like real, like killing most of the people on the planet, so it's 99% dead. And yep. what happens is, just like what you said, it's the opposites. Like one person stands up and says, okay, we're going to stand for something good. And like the opposite comes. 
and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And and but in the book, it's more intense because imagine like all of the planet's spirituality now boiled down into one percent. So like the spiritual stuff is like off the charts in the in the book, and of course it's just fiction. But yeah, my the point to myself was another um another example of how i was intrigued about the awakening before i even knew what it was yeah i just found it uh when i when i started thinking about talking about love hate for some reason dave dave koresh popped in my mind i'm like there's not really people that hate david there's not like fault but there's people that hate osho yeah there's people that hated Roy Masters. There are people that hate like it's it, it's, it's funny it, because it if hate. you think about it, there's not really people that hate Ted Bundy. People are afraid of Ted Bundy. People are repulsed by Ted Bundy. But yeah, they don't get that like hate. Correct. Like that go at you hate the way that they do with Osho. The only people that do are the ones that um make it to a spiritual level where they have so much influence and they stay true to truth. They stay true to love and they're to no end to no end. And I mean, not to mention Jesus who hate hated me without a cause hate without a cause, like hate without reason. It's just, it's just the opposite of what, what's inside him what comes back in the form of hate with it's it's hey, a, you can it's see a without it a per- cause thing like yeah even in your personal life you can see it you can go completely non-reactionary and like still somebody will be hating you it's like what are you doing yes you see it in yeah. in, in our lives in little bits and pieces but imagine that on a grand scale yeah like i may have right now a, a handful of haters that just right don't like where i come from but you know the more popular a podcast gets i might we might have a hundred in right in six months right because uh, something happens i think if you don't get inside them and they end up resenting you it, it can turn into a really bad uh, thing for them because there is a hypnotic force at play if someone sees love, hears the truth, and I don't get upset, you don't get upset, you don't get angry, I don't get angry, say we're having a show somewhere and someone walks off hating us, they're done. It's a hypnotic force that it's over unless they come to their senses. Yeah. Because there's things that we're doing that not you're not even noticing. Like if someone decides to, to, to not deal with a thought and just say the thing that came in to you against me, say you're at a show and someone's in there and they get this thought that pops up and they, they start struggling with it. They start resenting or hating me and you. That's how it starts because the, we're sending that back as well. We're sending that back. Like the, like it's, there's very powerful energies at play. Like things, Things want to get inside you. Things want to get inside me. Things want to get inside other people. And when you have people that are going to react inside their head, but you have 
presence that doesn't react, then we become the object of hate until they were to have some awakening. Like it could, they could say Cain and Luke bullshit under their breath the rest of their goddamn life. Yeah. It's like a hypnotic force. Yeah. And it, I don't, yeah, I totally agree, but it might not be so intense for like a lot of, like one of the things that I'm stuck on is, um, I saw wild, wild country before I woke up and I didn't even for a second think that maybe the spiritual teaching was legit. Like that just didn't even cross my mind the same way what I did with David Koresh. Like I was just too skeptical. I'm like, obviously he's got a mind control ability or Jim Jones, same thing. I just put them all in the same category, except, um, Osho didn't seem like he was going to do something crazy at the end. Like I didn't know what it was building to, but when you're watching the documentary, like it's clearly building to something, it's getting more and more chaotic. And you're just like, what is this guy doing with all these people? But I never thought that he was actually presenting some kind of spiritual guidance to these people. Didn't even cross my mind, but then you kind of clued me in afterwards because when we were on twitter after i woke up i saw so many people that i considered um in a stream of consciousness that was just you know constantly spilling out truth and osho was such a part of that and then i went back and i watched a little bit of documentary and then i think you said something because you started watching it too and you were like he doesn't ever talk in the documentary you don't ever hear him talk well, they just didn't even put him on the screen. Yeah. And then, and but I did, if you, like that lady and even the guy who were, you know, up, the, the people that were close to Osho that talk, didn't really talk bad about him. You know, they actually, they would say stuff like he had an amazing presence. And then you like start to listen to some of his stuff and you're, and right off the bat, just like you said, it's like, oh, and so it's been really fun for me because I was so skeptical about him, saw the documentary, had a waking up experience, kind of looking the documentary again, and now listening to his words, I'm like, this guy was legit the whole time. So with with the amount that I saw in him, if I wasn't awake, and I, 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 I would have thought the guy was a total joke just based on just based on that documentary. Right. So that's not hate is what I'm saying. So you'd have like a lot of people. So whoever did the documentary and maybe, maybe it's just ignorance and not hate. Like there's a lot of people who are turned off by Osho that it's not hate. They're just like, no, they're just skeptical. Like, no, that's not it. That's just crazy. And then there's this other group where it's weird. It's hate. So what's the difference between those two groups? Like one's just being led skeptically and the other just, it looks like they don't even like to look down a road of like what seeking might be. You know, I actually, I'm about to answer my own question. Religious people hate Osho, right? You just answered your own question. Religious people hate Osho. I just heard Osho say, 
I guess one of the most profound things that's sticking out in my mind is a priest does not want his followers to be independent. Right. That's how you know that Osho is basically the real deal. And Teal Swan said the same thing. There's no spiritual teacher that wants anyone to keep coming back and back and back. The whole reason she has a completion process is so that you're freed and you're free to go now. You're free to go now. And then you have another group come in. Um, But religious people... I think you need to talk about what you said right before we came on the air, that moon thing, because that was pretty profound. You weren't recording, but you made a moon analogy. Like, I was like, why is he not recording this? But <laughs> it, it kind of paints a, it's a pretty good picture. No, it's, it's Osho and it's, it it's from him. Um, but it's funny because it's part of my belly laugh. Like it, I hit, he hit me with like, Buddha belly laugh when he said it because he just painted this great picture where he's like there's a bunch of people standing around and they're pointing at the moon and they all talk to each other about how great they know the moon but all they're doing is sitting around pointing at the moon and they end up just falling in love with their fingers until they start worshiping them (laughs) yes I'm like yeah they're just standing around worshiping their fingers but they all think they're talking about the moon yeah. For some reason, when I talk about this, I come alive. It's one of my most favorite subjects to talk about because it... you talk about the backwards infect. I mean, that is the definition. This, all the denominations and religions of the world that are worshiping something and they all think that they're right. And as soon as they made that call, that I'm choosing this one. This is the right one. They immediately become wrong. It's like a curse. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation and I've tried to explain this <laughs> to. <laughs> just, just, I've done it. I've done it. Uh, not as something I know I'm going to succeed at because at this point right. I don't think I'm going to succeed because I, I I understand the people, but I do it as. An experiment. <laughs> right, right. An experiment. And and the experiment always ends the same way. And the, the answer is, well, you've never been to my church before. We right. we preach the truth at my church. Right. My, my preacher, he preaches the word. You got to find a church that preaches the word. The word. Um, and it's the same thing every time I'm... And I, I don't react, but in my, in my head, I'm like, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's something that's, it's, it's, it's an experiment thing, but no, it's one of my favorite subjects because it's basically the backwards infect. One of the biggest backwards things that is on this planet is the fact that people are seeking a God and they're all doing it through religious organizations and they all think that they're right. And it's just, uh, a very sad thing because there's half of them have to be well-intended at least half of them, probably more, probably 75% of them have to be well-intended. And, and, you know, the other 25% may be power hungry and, you know, the corrupt people that, that we see. Um, But I would say that most of them are well-intended, 
but it's so sad because the one, even the ones that are well intended, you really don't have a chance in hell of of any type of conversation that would come to any 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 truth or or them seeing fruits in you or because right at the very beginning the conversation um stops if you're not in that doctrine train it stops and you 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 can't go anywhere from that and then it's just the ego on display and there's and you know you can't work around it when there's no ears you just like right there's no point you can stay there as an experiment or you just walk the other way and and we should probably clarify just so it's it's clear like the problem with religion to somebody who's had a spiritual awakening the person who has a spiritual awakening is has had an experience where like we were saying before like they've they've gone so far in that their perspective was from the consciousness as a whole so their ego gets dissolved and their experience is god and then they don't necessarily have a separation of the self the way that they used to in religion their problem is they're promising that unity with god at the end at the end of life that's when your unity comes so you're always living your life and and the only thing moving you forward is the idea that you know you'll be with god someday so their whole system creates a separation of God. Even though they talk about God the whole time, they're saying it's something you're supposed to be working towards. And they, I mean, even in their worship and their scriptures and their, they always have God is out there, something separate, always something separate that you're supposed to be obedient to and working towards to get salvation in the future where the awakened person understands in their point of view that God is here all the time. All you have to do is go inward and the experience and the salvation is here for you right now. If you want it, if you want to seek and go inward. And no one knows that better than you. And nobody knows that better than <laughs> of me. all people that that joker was on the way to the grocery store and came <laughs> back a different person as <laughs> The um, that in itself, you know, just just the fact that it was a trip to the grocery store, um, says a lot about what a spiritual awakening is and um, what it is not. What you have to do, what you don't have to do. Like you definitely yeah. don't have to go to a retreat. Like no one would have to necessarily come to us. I mean, there could be some guidance or or whatnot. But you were on the way to the freaking grocery store. Yeah. To the grocery store, and you literally put up the same groceries you bought at the store, a completely different person. And it was probably like the best putting up of groceries you've ever experienced. I like, didn't understand what was happening. Why is this so much fun right now? How do I love my groceries? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just what it is and what it is not as is what what i wrote about was calling it the ancient god syndrome and yeah you're you're saying we just word it differently but uh, religious people 
teach the ancient God syndrome of what that's what I laid it out in the book. Uh, basically a, a mental image of, and they get it from the indoctrination of the Bible as though there's an ancient God that was more influential, influential and talkative back in the Bible days. So, and, and I can even attest to this growing up in the church. I actually thought back in the Bible days, just from indoctrination and that was what I was learning that God was more active in those days. Cause I was like, look, there's a Bible from those days. Like, obviously he talked to them. He doesn't talk to us, but right. he, so I, I had that in my head just from indoctrination. Yeah. And to see how backwards that is, is, is one of the most phenomenal realizations I've ever had uh, in life was to know that, I mean, someone could write a testament right now. I mean, someone could write, it happens all the time. I mean, right. all you gotta do is stay present and let it flow and you can, you know, you know, write. And Osho um, just did. Yeah, and Osho done. I mean, many people have done it, yeah. but indoctrinated people would say you don't read in anything else but this, right? Or you know, they use certain verses to justify. So one of the most dangerous things, and they're not on the level of the Book of Eli, but you put that book in the hands of an evil tyrant, and it does have power. Um. That's why there is an illusion of indoctrination because it does have power. You take a book that people put on a pedestal and they have a book with truth and you have an evil tyrant, that person can control those people uh, with that book. So it's completely true, but it just shows you the power of a book of truth that, I mean, you could use it in, in different ways over and over and over again. But I had a completely different experience after waking up reading, you know, some scriptures. It was, it was one of those crazy moments was, you know, when you're reading it and you're indoctrinated, you think I got to go to this and I got to read this page and I need to do a lesson on it. And it's totally not meant for that. It's a testament to go look in and see, are those good fruits? And you say, oh, this was a good fruit. A lot of people had good fruits in here. Shut it, validation, go on. And that's how I've always viewed From the day that I had my awakening, that's that's how I viewed things. And I've, I haven't opened up the Bible in however long because you don't, there's, there's no need to other than if you needed some type of validation of, of knowing someone like you. Well, it's like that's that's definitely why there's hate towards Osho because, I mean, he speaks out like this against. So a lot of those people that are there, they're away from their family. Their families are calling in. Their families are sending in letters. Their families think that their loved ones are in a cult. I mean, he's in a small town in Oregon. He's making everybody wear red. I mean, it's a Christian little town. <laughs> yeah. So they they. 
all have their own ideas already about what that's supposed to look like. And he shows up and like anything that deviates from that immediately is kind of put in the category of skepticism. But then when he starts actually talking and what he's preaching and he doesn't hold the same boundaries in stuff like sexuality and um, emotion. I mean, he's dealing on a completely different level, you know, explaining to everybody how important presence is explaining how to everybody, how, how important ego death is. I mean, these are just foreign concepts to, you know, small town Christian life. You can see where the hate comes from. Yeah. And the, in this country, the Christian, um, it's so safe for people not to have, like, it's so, it's that, you know, T.L. Swan mentioned there's a ton of people that, that don't take risks and they live their whole life never seeing any magic. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, there's a lot of truth in that just because you, it's such a safe play, all the Christian religions around this country. I mean, because they're, there is no real evil tyrants. They're all pretty nice. They help a lot of people. And uh, there's a lot of convictions uh, behind what they do. And overall, people see it as a good changing force to follow Jesus in that way. Um, but it's really safe. Like putting Jesus on a pedestal is, is oh my God, if, if, if you said that to someone here, they would they it would be or or anyone who is indoctrinated they would say well, you're supposed to praise him but right praise is so completely different and i think you see like when you were going to the grocery store and you come home and i think you went outside and you're just looking at a tree and you hear the birds like there's no effort behind that praise, right? Like it was it was effortless. So when I was growing up, it was a lot of effort. That's just wasted energy. It's pride. Yeah, yeah. it's pride. Yeah, all in the same sentence. So we don't have evil tyrants like that movie who would have the book, but you have very comfortable people that have no problem with a lot of people being dependent on them and them using that book. Yeah. So you, it's still super dangerous. Yeah. Because how many people are going to die? Just leading never in, lived? The, in the wrong direction. Yeah. How many people are going to die having never lived because they're in yeah. even close to that. You're, you're pretty close when you're talking about Jesus. I mean, they're all around it. Yeah. I mean, you, you see, I mean, you're, you're like pretty hot. You're warm. No, you're hot. You're getting hotter. You're hotter. <laughs> you're on fire. You're like so close, but you're so far away. What is going on? Like you have the guy that says I'm the way, the truth and the light. And you're like freaking putting him on a pedestal. Yeah. Even when he said that you can be like me, but the backwards, what I just said would be extreme blasphemy what i just oh, yeah. said but it's completely truthful yeah 
Yeah, and I, I think a part of the issue is um, in a lot of the religious dogma, it, they just hit a point where like there's no more investigation. There's no more like looking for anything. It's like once the answer is laid out and that's where the pride come in and you just know the answer and there's nothing else required. And then so you could. What it does is it just discredits or discounts like any other form of spiritual investigation that's out there. And then you just you cut yourself off from it automatically. And uh, it really it really does. I mean, when you look at like religious dogma overall, there's like a metaphor to be drawn there. It's exactly the same thing that happens on the individual level. I mean, you just construct the ego, you talk yourself into a certain position, you know your place in the world, you know how to argue it, you know you're right, and that's you. And you're doing pretty good. You know, you're raising a family, you're working hard, you got a job, you're a hardworking, you know, red-blooded American, you got it all figured out. We're even better than China and Russia. We're doing good. But then next thing, I mean, you don't, (laughs) you just constructed like this big thing that you've put your identity on and that's not you. No. And having a global awakening is very difficult when you have religion. It's hard. It's hard. See, that's why somebody like Teal Swan is interesting. It's not even like authenticity or like, it's anybody like on the fringes, like punching hard. Cause I mean, that's what Osho was. I mean, Osho was, I mean, he showed up and I mean, he's hitting hard. He's some of the stuff that I really like about him is his admission of manipulation. Um, very, very like, it's hard to even imagine like a preacher saying that out loud, like an admission of manipulation, like a preacher would never go down the alley of, you know, I might be manipulating for their own good. And then when you see like Teal Swan, and again, I mean, not, it's not in terms of credit or no credit, but it's like, it's, it might be time for like some hard hitting, like spiritual leadership out there. And so when you see it, it's interesting. Yeah, there's definitely space for more, um, more, more truth to get out there. There's this. Because the message is so benign. It's like we are all one. Love is the, the source of everything. It's all one consciousness. Like it's the most benign message ever in terms of like non-threatening. Search inwards and you'll find more depth. Like there's no harm, even for a somebody that's in dogma or in some kind of institutional spirituality. Like there's no harm in like the places that it's pointing you. No, there's no influencer. Um, A lot of people that I've talked to over the years, I mean, I've, I was trying to awaken them, so to speak, I would 
and they were asking me questions of, you know, rebuttals. I would say that I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be right. I'm just trying to point you in the direction of what's already in you. And that's undeniable. Like there's no, our, our clues to what, you know, the ultimate truth. I mean, it's all around us. It's just, how do you get people to, to understand that without them thinking that you're coming from the direction of someone that, that's influencing them to come to church on Sunday? Cause that's around here. That's what I got a little bit. And I just, no, 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 that's not, that's, that's not what I'm going with this. I'm, I'm going in a completely different direction. Um, Take a hike on Sunday. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely a different message down here than it is up there. I mean, um, I, I definitely have a different target audience. Um, there's no, no reason for me to go and try to convert people that are going to church every Sunday. I mean, those people end up stopping, you know, it's a perfect opportunity, but there's, there's a lot of people that, that would like to talk to other, other than someone that's tied up in religion. So I've, I've done enough of that. And I, <laughs> if, if, if they come to me and, and it's that time, then it's time. But I, and, and, and I played, I played a lot of games with those types of people. So, and I, I've never, there's not really any progress. So it's, I understand that there is no ears and I've been stubborn. I still, I like to, to play those games or maybe it's not even games. I mean, I, even if someone comes over to my house today and they're talking about going to church, I'm sure it's, it's still going to lead into a conversation. I'm not going to stop that, but I mean, I'm not seeking out, we definitely, you have a different target audience. I mean, someone who's already seeking, someone's already asking the right question, or someone who's out loud talking to themselves, who's completely blind, that you could immediately help them out of their mess, you know? Right. But it's just a difference in where I'm at and where you're at. Yeah, yeah, that's why I think, I mean, in terms of, you know, that chance meeting, I, I, I do think it's important to, you know, be devoted to the presence and you, you know, you never know what's going to come up, but it does seem like for the most part, I mean, it takes a little bit of, um, a few seeking steps forward, which is why this format ends up being kind of interesting. It's like somebody moving a little bit in the direction of investigation. And then, um, and you know, somebody who's listening to Osho, you know, somebody who's listening to Tolly, somebody who's like kind of looking to be there, and then, you know, what, what are the final, what's, what's the last couple of things? And and that's where things get interesting, where maybe it is just presence reinforcing presence. Like once somebody is kind of moving down that path on their own a little bit, that's where, 
it seems like we could end up being most effective to me, but yeah, there's definitely people that are attracted to, I mean, you saw that when Eckhart Tolle started to roll out that there's people that are tired of being told this religion is right, or this is right, or not necessarily the religion, but they're looking for something to make them whole. And when Eckhart Tolle did that new earth, I mean, they're people come out of the woodwork. They're tired of like, not knowing why they feel anxiety and not knowing how to deal with it. They're tired of, you know, thoughts and not, not having that wholeness and truth. And you only get that from someone who is awake that can point you to the door. And just like I said, I mean, we're at the very beginning, but I think it could snowball once because if, if you have a podcast and you're just talking about truthful things, like I'm, I'm pretty convinced that there's a level of attraction going on and we're at zero right now. You know, you get the one, you know, that gets the two pretty quickly. So there's a snowball effect, but right now they don't even know we, we have zero exposure, but you know, say you get 10 people listening to a podcast where two brothers are talking about truth and that law of attraction kicks in and you got people that are, asking questions i I listened to you know i i was seeking i didn't even know i was seeking people are seeking they don't even know they're seeking you you turn something on that you're like wow these guys sound a little different than you know they're actually talking about uh substance and then those things are pretty impactful for people to listen to i mean they were for me i mean sure some people might turn it off right away and 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 you know, wouldn't be ready to go down that road. But uh, like I said, uh, at whatever 2021, 20, I was seeking something, but I didn't even know what it was. And I heard it for the first time. I was like, wow, I didn't even know I was looking for that. But I know where that's coming from and I need to figure out how to get there. And then uh, that attraction was, I mean, if, if, if Roy was still alive now, I'd go check in with him uh, just because it's nice to listen to i'll check in with eckhart tolle i mean i'll check in with osho i mean there you just that attraction to not as much now that you have awakened so i have someone like like that but before yeah you if you haven't in your seeking you don't even know what you're looking for and then if you have you still want the comfort of communicating or checking in with people that you know are awake to get affirmations and further growth, not dependence, but checking in. Yeah. Aha moment and move on. You know, it's constantly bouncing around and getting, you know, what you need just as far as other people out there. I thought for sure. I was going to think my way to the answers. I was so close. I almost had all of it. All I needed was a few more books to read. And then I tripped over God. <laughs> yeah, that, it was. Um, your your story is, is, is fascinating. Um, really fascinating. 
because it's yeah, not something gonna... that I ever thought that that would happen like that. There was there was absolutely zero expectation um, at the level that it did. I mean, I'm different and you're different. And the way it happened to you was probably exactly how it had to happen to you. The way it yeah. happened to me was probably exactly how I needed it to happen to me. Yeah. So you were so intellectual that would you have sat down and quieted your mind intentionally to try to break through something as opposed to me. Once I heard something, I was like, I was bound and determined to sit down. And even though I didn't like it, is this a difference between me and you? I don't know. And maybe it would have helped happen to me like it did you. If, if I wasn't so aggressive when I was younger, who knows? The definitely yeah, the way it happened to you was pretty beautiful though. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I mean, it was definitely pretty beautiful. Yeah, basically just collapsing under the weight of your own ego. I mean, that's me. But it's, I mean, you take us and they're so different. And then you're like Osho and it's so different. And then you're like Sad Guru and it's so different. And then you're like Teal Swan and it's so different. And then Eckhart Tolle is so different. It's like, wow, the many different ways that people come to, you know, some kind of, massive spiritual awakening and then it does it's like what what are the gifts that are bestowed based on like your own personal becoming like that ends up being a fun question to bounce around with individual and there's got to be something collective with me and you sure and collective with everybody yeah because i mean when Yes, and but that collective goes even further because one of the one of the um one of the feelings that you get is maybe it's not just me, maybe the whole world is about to wake up. I mean, I've kind of grown away from that concept a little bit, but I had that concept big back when at first. I'm like, um, there must be some kind of astral alignment or something because everybody's about to. If this happened to me, it's about to happen to everybody. You know what I mean? Like it's the whole world's about to change. I mean, that's the feeling on the inside. Like it's about to hit. And then you're really like, oh, I guess this was just a me thing. And then you take comfort in the fact it's not just a you thing. There's a lot of people with so many different stories. And uh, the key is one consciousness and the dissolving of ego. I think you can really simplify it. And anybody speaking from that truth is all talking about the same thing. Yeah, so there is no right or wrong. There's just a flow that, you know, everyone's connected to the universe. So, you know, I don't have to claim I'm trying to influence someone. I don't have to claim yeah. I'm trying to convert someone to what I believe. Because it's, right. it's not a belief system. I right. And not I not a belief system. I've actually used those words before, too. Um they're pretty impactful because people ask questions, you know, and people have heard the spiel from a hundred different people of, of, Hey, I can help you come here. Or, hey, I can help you come here. But 
the whole main point of, of, of this is, is the breakdown of, of the belief system and the breakdown of I'm right and you're wrong and the, the complete breakdown of all that, that there's, it's actually selfless. I mean, when you apply no will, then you're, you're at a greater consciousness. You're at a greater intelligence than your own. So people are going to hear that or they're not. And that's where it comes to the love, hate people are going to love what we have to say. They're going to be impacted in a positive way. And there's people that for whatever reason you say they're not ready or, I mean, this, they're going to hate. There's really only two options. Well, you know, and it's really funny because I two did, options. And you were just onto something big there, and it's it's not a belief system. Yeah. But that that does cause hate because in a lot of ways the haters are in a belief system. And even those only because I was in a belief system, and so I'll just talk about myself personally. But when you're in a belief system system, there's always an internal conflict there because to say that I'm in a belief system and maybe this is just one, something I experienced with the way that my mind works, but belief is, is admission to myself that I do not know. Belief is I'm admitting on the inside that I don't know. And then I'm choosing to go ahead and know anyways. It's a false. It's like, it's, it's a, it doesn't add up. That's why you end up not holding on to the belief or you turn just more agnostic or any, some people even turn atheist. But the whole point is I can't live with myself that way. I can't just say I believe it, which I mean knows I don't know. And then I just choose to believe it anyway. That's a good way of putting it. That's a- and that's, but that's where that hate comes from. Because they're in that system and they know it. And then somebody is telling them that you don't need that system. There's a true system that you don't need belief. Yeah. That's a slap in the face to some people. No doubt. Yeah. That's what they would say is faith. Yeah. Faith is the same thing as belief. Yep. It's just a word we put in there to make us feel comfortable. And then that word gets accepted. But if you analyze what the word means, the word means you don't know. That's why you need faith. Correct. But anything, any of those faith or those are all effortless. You saw it like gratitude is effortless. Yes. It's effortless. It's not like you're. And it's just, not, it's done wrong. Completely. It's done backwards. The backwards infect. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did I go over gratitude yet on the podcast? I'm not sure, but there's there's probably going to be a ton of things that we go over multiple times and that's completely good cuz the way the way you write too, like there's going to be times we go back to greed again or we go back to so right. It's all about right. You turning on a podcast and you you hearing a piece on so I wouldn't even be concerned about speaking cuz as time goes by, 
you're just in yeah, a we'll be going over these over and over again correct but from the listener like when you pick up a book like Eckhart Tolle you can read the first page you can read the last page you can read the middle I mean things are interacting with her in a flow you know what I mean right it's not like the listener so yeah there's going to be a lot of times where we but I don't I don't I don't remember you speaking it the first time it's the same thing with like belief and faith. Like there's, there's a much more mechanical system there that you're unaware of. Like conceptually before I awakened, like you understand it's important to start your day with gratitude. If you wake up and you're thinking about like all the shit that you don't have and um, you're not in a good place, like you affect your day. So it's better to start the day. Oh, you know, here I am. I'm going to work. I've got a nice family. I'm I'm on the right track. You know, just having that gratitude, we conceptually and logically understand this before we awaken. We have Thanksgiving. We say grace for every meal traditionally. Not that every family does that, but it's a deep um, social tradition to take the time to have gratitude. So what do we do? We sit down and we say grace which is basically some mantra where we all just kind of state our gratitude. Th- same thing we do on Thanksgiving and go around the table and you state what you're thankful for as if you're showing gratitude. One of the times before I woke up that I actually was, I think, showing gratitude was to a specific person. So like tipping really good at a meal, like that's actual gratitude that you're putting on somebody so it feels good. There's actually like a reciprocating thing. You actually might even see some synchronicity from an act of gratitude like that. But when you're just sitting around saying grace or at Thanksgiving, you don't know who you're being thankful to because that engages your system of belief or of faith. You don't have anywhere to put that gratitude. So you're just kind of, I'm thankful. Okay, well, that's better than being not thankful, but there's no reciprocating gratitude that's happening. But after you awaken and you go outside for the first time and you're, you know, you've already been through the process of awaken. So it's like a normal work day and I go outside and I hear the bird and the bird turns my head almost like when you were a kid and like your parents whistle your attention. So when I hear the bird, it actually pulls me out of thought and into presence The bird reminded me to be present. So I don't have to say thank thank you. I am grateful. And I'm grateful to the bird. And the bird is connected back to the source, which is then back connected to me. So there's a loop of gratitude there. All like mechanically that you can follow. And then when you get good at it, Like, so the wind hitting the trees creates um, blowing leaves and you see the blowing leaves and my mind sees them as waving. I just feel like they're waving to me because the, the wind is hitting the leaves in the tree. It's just an acknowledgement like that. They are saying hello, drawing my attention to presence and the same thing. I am grateful because they're pulling me out of some stupid thought that I know is nonsense now. So you actually are grateful. And then the last part, which is really mechanical, 
there's something that we do um, already, and that is um, with word association and names. Like if you look this up online, you probably know this in sales already. Like there's a big technique that you can do to get better at remembering names. So if I say one-eyed, I might be a little bit older. If I say one-eyed, you say Willie. Like one eye. Why do we call? Why do we call him one eye Willie? Because well, he's got a fuck. He's got a patch over his eye. So you you do that first part, and it creates the automatic Willie. Or if I say pretty boy, Floyd, you know, yep. Yep. So Mm -hmm. we do these little word association things, and it helps with our memory. So now when I see the leaves, and there and the wind is just rustling the leaves, I take a breath because the leaves just reminded me to to be present. So I'm grateful. I take a breath and I just imagine that my breath is the wind coming through the leaves. And then I exhale and I just imagine that my breath is the wind hitting the leaves. There is nothing in my mind where I believe anything is happening. That's not what's happening. I don't believe that my breath is the wind causing the leaves. I'm just using that as an association to remember that it was just the leaves that brought me back to presence, just like the bird did. And now what you've done is you've created a system of mechanical gratitude that's linked to your every breath when you're outside. So every breath you take, you're breathing in and breathing out gratitude, but you're not thinking about it ever. You just know your breath is that wind, is that leaf, is that tree, is that connection back to the source, is that me, is that connection back to me. You create this loop. It's all mechanical. And then if it gets too complicated for you and you get caught up with that thought process, the fucking bird will whistle and it'll bring you right back there. Yeah, that's perfect. That, 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 was, that was good stuff, man. You're just, you're creating more, you're creating opportunities. You want to create it as much of like in your every moment of your day as you can. And you just look for little hints and they're all there. Can you, something that sticks out in my mind's eye when you were telling your story about awakening for the first time was when you went into a store for the first time and there was a man with a toddler or a baby in, in yeah. his arms. Do you remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's when you told, when you told that story, that was like this, I, 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 <laughs> I was so enthralled for that couple of weeks because the spider story sticks out and being in the store for the first time where, you were seeing people on a, on a, yeah. on a large level. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the trees are easy. Nature is very easy. Nature will definitely force you um, into presence. And the more you understand that, the more grateful you become with that. Cause that's, that's the other part of that. Like people might not understand, like, what are you getting out of that in terms of, um, you know, you saying that you're completing that loop of gratitude. And like I was saying before, we're just saying the mantra, we're not actually giving gratitude for something. 
But when you understand and you're actually putting gratitude out specifically and you know it's being received, and as soon as like that, you know it's coming all the way back around and it's it's going to come back to you. But that's expressed through synchronicity. So if you, everybody is aware of like um, picking up the phone to call your wife and it rings when it's in your hand. So like the timing just ends up being perfect. It's And before you awaken, you can really easily like justify that. Like, well, I must be connected to my wife. That's why that timing synced up perfectly like that. You have like this nice thing where it's like, oh, I guess I'm really connected to my wife. That's cool. But it makes you feel good. And everybody has like those type of experience, like where you're, where you're feeling good because of something that happens synchronistically. But when you're, when you can figure out mechanical systems to have gratitude in every breath, like that synchronicity snowballs and you're feeling it all the time. Like you turn your head and there's a bird, you turn your head this way and there's something else. It's just, it's hitting you. You've basically created a snowball of synchronicity. And it just feels good. It creates a feeling on the inside that just feels good. And that feeling feels way better to have the energy in there than it does with your, whatever your silly thought is. It just, it pulls everything into the body more, out of the head more, and it just feels good. The stores, so I go into Walmart every day for work. I, before I woke up, I just, I don't like Walmart. I can't stand Walmart. I don't like anything about it. I, I can't walk in there on a normal day, but I do have to be in there for work, uh, you know, five days a week. So, and every time I walk into Walmart, like there's nothing but judgment coming out of my yeah head, that's like, why it's constantly. such a cool story because a lot yeah. of people can relate to yeah. the negativity of walking in a store like that yeah and that th- that's my history with that store and it was very very soon after i woke up it was within the first three days so um i walked into that store and there's something with the fluorescent lighting and stuff, just the brightness yep. of it. Like it, it, um, it just seemed more alive. And I was, I was just not capable of the judgment in the same way. I mean, it just wasn't there. It, I, I wasn't doing anything or, you know, trying to make it be that way. And it was actually very, very emotional because it was such a contrast to how I normally am in there. I'm like, oh, all I had to do is drop this judgment that's in my head. And this could be a beautiful experience every day (laughs) in the Walmart. And um, so just entering the store was really intense. And um, there was like a really classic scene. There's the mother carrying her baby like over her shoulder. So the, and not even quite a baby, like maybe closer to like three 
three years old. So the baby has the view like going out the back of the mom's head and the mom's looking forward. And then there was an old man with a shopping cart. So the shopping cart is between um, the mom and the baby and him. And he's reaching for the baby and the baby's just reaching back. And so they're just both reaching out to each other. And all I could see was like, just two beautiful white lights, like reaching out. It just looked like the ultimate expression of love. And I knew they didn't know each other or anything. It was just the way they chose to interact in that, in that right now. I mean, the moment was just showing like such beauty, but I also, I have the contrast in myself because like you don't lose the history of yourself. What I would have done is walked by and I would have mumbled to myself, fucking pedophile. That's what I would have done in the past. <laughs> I would have just assumed like somebody interacting with a kid and just been like freaking pedophile. You know, I would have gone completely negative right away just because the setting puts you in that mood when you walk in the place. Oh, so I have, I have that contrast. And this is all happening in me. All I'm doing is interpreting this situation like in a much different way than I did before. But that synchronicity, the feeling is like applause. I felt like the entire kingdom of heaven was just applauding that I finally dropped my judgment in the Walmart. <laughs> I just, I, can... I felt like everybody was so impressed that this idiot finally walked into Walmart without judgment. And it hit, it just hits you so emotional where you just see like, what was I doing my whole life? Why was I bringing this in here every time? And it, it was all I could do to keep moving and not to lose forward progress and just sit down and start crying. Cause that, it was, it was that powerful. Yeah. That's, it's a good story, especially, especially coming from you and, and a lot of people relating to walking into a Walmart. I remember walking into a grocery store with the lights and more people and it, it was definitely a different experience, but that was 20, 20 something years ago. So yours was a flash drop. So I completely see that whole moment unfolding. Like as you're talking about it, I'm seeing it in my mind's eye. Yeah. I completely see. I also the the new baby that's here. Um, I'm seeing the way that the baby looks around and it looks at everything so super awake. And the only thing I can think of when the baby's doing this and it's looking in your eyes and everything is so like, like you just can't believe. Only thing I can think of is you looking at that spider on yeah. your windshield and yeah. how you were like, just basically like an infant looking at a spider for the first time. And that, that's, yeah the the rebirth of it all is is so the metaphor of that is just so telling because that again you go back to a belief system they take they talk about the rebirth uh they talk about be transformed by the renewal of your mind but there is no method and there is no mechanics of it like you said like there's nothing there's something missing so when it's pretty amazing coming from yourself to see that rebirth and to see like the infancy 
those first couple days and first couple weeks because it was uh it was it was mind-boggling on my end because it was forcing me to like awaken you know come out of like being dormant i mean it was it was forcing me to 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 awaken there was no there's nothing else for me to do i mean all that i knew all the knowledge that i had acquired um but needing you know i guess what they say a revival would be a, a true revival that's what i got out of that uh, <laughs> And so the backwards infect was formed. I can see it now uh, for sure. I I can imagine it must have been a trip for you just to, yeah, because it's so out of the blue and it's so um, certainly not expected. Um, but I can definitely see how it would stir your insides a bit. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, anything that I've I've read in books and I've read, you know, I've always had people to turn to as far as spiritual teachers, and um, but when your own brother has that type of awakening, it's it's pretty impactful, it's pretty yeah. impactful because as someone that I've known you your whole life, so the uh, not that there was a bullshit meter, but if there was ever a bullshit meter that bullshit meter is, is destroyed. Right. Because I, I know the mechanics and, and see just confirmed everything I already knew and how it all works. Yeah. I mean, I'm super excited for you to keep listening to Osho hopefully he can tolerate his his voice i'm trying to plug in and and listen better it's 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 not the easiest but i mean i i hear him he goes into you know the rebirth and the infancy i mean he 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 leaves no stir no stone unturned from what i can see i mean it's just does he go into where in that that's where he talks to people in the sermons or in the book? Yeah, Can you so say the there's back and for, forth with people in that book? It's not really back and forth. It's um it's not really back and forth. It's he gives a sermon and then it, as long as you keep going in chronological order, sometimes it must be every time that after a sermon, they send in questions that go straight to Osho. And so the next sermon, he'll start a sermon, but then at the end of it, he'll do questions from the last sermon. And like just like what you were saying, like some questions are into it. He uses the question. Sometimes the question part ends up being really long because you can tell some of the questions have stirred something up in him. And, um, and they're, those are really good. Um, like, for example, one of the things that I thought Teal Swan reacted to kind of negatively, like there was um, that guy on the couch and he was trying to understand how she does not have anybody above her. 
you right. don't have a yeah. spiritual teacher above you. Yep, yeah, I remember and that. And she reacted definitely defensive uh, to the question. Could be to what you were saying before, maybe a little bit of um, the fact that she's a woman defending herself from, you know, like the collective woman um, subordinate role. Right. right. <clears throat> Osho nails that question. Osho hits that question. I mean, just like a rock and roll star. I mean, it's funny. It's truthful. Why does he not have anyone above him? That really, that question? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I, he, I bet he spends a half hour, if not more on that answer. And he gives the guy a little bit of shit for it. And I mean, and his ultimate answer ends up being like, I don't have a teacher above me because I am God. God is everywhere. Everything's my teacher. Ended up being his answer. So, I mean, he, I mean, hits it out of the park with the answer, but just spends a lot of time on it. And it's just really, really good. It's the questions and stuff bring out his humor. He's it's, it's interesting to see like a spiritual sense of humor, like a real deep spiritual sense of humor. And Eckhart does sometimes. Yes. Yeah. He does sometimes. My favorite Eckhart joke is he goes, um, you need to understand that voice in your head. What voice in my head? That one. <laughs> and then he starts chuckling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's, he's something else, man. Now um, I don't, that's what's so astounding about Eckhart is I don't see the hate clan. Um, I don't see the hate clan. Um, uh, after Eckhart, I don't see it. I mean, it's not out there, but I don't see it. And that's maybe how he wants to deliver his message and could be the most effective way because damned if that guy does not react to anything but he's also not harsh in his answers like if someone doesn't want to hear he just delivers the message and if it lands it lands if it doesn't they just you know there is nothing harsh about Eckhart he just he just talks to him in a plain voice and could be something good for that too I mean I don't Yeah, I remember him at one point, Eckhart was talking about people being caught up in the identity of being gay. And I mean, when he started, I was just like, oh, how is he going to dig out of this one? This is going to be good. And man, he just does not catch himself up in any traps or nothing. He just speaks the truth. And it's so gentle and non-confrontational. And yeah, he's impressive the way he does it. He is. I'll tell you one more Osho story real quick. Cause uh, same thing where, um, cause this one cracked me up where, so this one ends up lasting for two sessions. So the guy writes in and the guy's following uh, Carl Jung. So he's a, like a big 
fan and he's got like all these philosophical questions it sounds like somebody like me is like he's just got graphs and questions and you know ledgers and very very complicated and like wants to go point by point and answer the questions and he already did this with osho once and osho answered him and so like you gotta imagine like there must be a bunch of people sending questions in so if he answers you i think it's kind of a um it's kind of like a um what's the word priority yeah a priority and you know so he's not answering everybody's question so yeah it's so he answered your question he went through your whole thing and then the guy is unhappy with the answer and does the whole thing to him again and osho reads his question again now twice and this is how he goes he's like well we already did this once and what I tried to tell you to do is take this in and meditate on it. Take this in and meditate on it. So your first letter, I have your first letter here. So I was done talking at 4.43 and you started writing at 4.46. So you meditated possibly for three minutes. <laughs> he goes to the second question and he's and he's saying that Oh, it says we're leaving the session in 54 seconds. I'm going to stop the recording. Yep, I'm still here. Oh, there we go. And um, when he reads the second question, he totally gives this guy crap because the guy marked it again, but he started writing to him before Osho was even done talking so osho just totally called him out he's like i wasn't even done talking you already started writing he's like you have no silence you have no quiet you're you're full of your head and just goes off on the guy about how it it was it's so funny because it feels like he's going off on me like if i was the old version of me because i can kind of and he just hits the guy in his ego hard you just have to it'd be interesting to see if they're trying to break through people that don't have ears because everything I've ever heard of, you know, if they're if they're not ready or, or they don't have ears or you're 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 beating a dead horse, then you might as well just move on until they come back or the right questions are asked. So it's it's Yeah, because I show. think that guy ends up leaving. I think that guy packs his bags. Yeah. Yep. And um but there's a lot like that where he's going directly at people. Even if they don't want to hear? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that's in, that's interesting. That's well, interesting because, because he's actually he's trying to wake people up that are. Um, I, because I've seen I've seen the people that are genuinely they start asking the right questions and they start, you know, and then when there's one that's defiant, it's like don't waste my time well not waste time but it's like you're not ready what's the point we're just going to waste air on yeah it's interesting that he's trying to tackle people without ears yeah it is interesting and 
that's the one thing like we never really figure out like i wish we knew like um some numbers in terms of like how effective they are at waking people up but he um like i said earlier i mean he speaks out loud that he's okay with manipulation and he definitely is aware that the structure of what he's got going on there is creating its own collective ego and the people and the power dynamics and stuff that's going on. Like he's aware of all that and he's trying to use it, but it's like how much of a puppet master can you be? And it does look like it kind of got out of hand with them for a little bit in terms of how just the chaos. I mean, not that he was ever, um, you know, going to be like popped out of presence or anything. But I mean, he's just created like such a chaotic system around him. And yeah. A lot of that was, like you said, it looks like he's specifically just going at it at with people confrontationally. Because I mean, not only is he a spiritual leader, like he has this. like cult institution that would literally trap people there. And now he's got people there. They mingle around. It's not like ears to hear or not. Like you're in this system. And now he's just going to start picking at you every day. And people start to break right in front of him. But But it's because he's picking at their ego every day. Yeah, that's that's definitely interesting. Yeah. Like he's moving people toward him and away from him, like in proximity based on what he sees. And the closer you're getting to consciousness does not mean the closer you're getting to him. So as you're starting to break through, if you like hit a plateau and you're you're in proximity to him and like you can't break through, he'll push you back to the outside. And he'll make you work your whole way back. But people, they don't like that. They start asking questions about that. Like, why are you shutting me? I was here and now I'm here. You know, yeah. why? How? And they're all upset about it. And he causes like so much pain. And then he speaks to that pain with like a lot of love as they question him and he explains to him by in detail like it's not going to do you any good to stay here you got to go back there it's very very interesting because yeah i mean for them to be moved away from the leader is like a big deal like in that ego collective construct mm-hmm. like it's shunning to get right. pushed away from him right so yeah, there's a there's a bunch of weird dynamics going on there and then, you know, in the end it looks like he was just aware of everything. I mean, it looks that way. And and trying to use as much of it as he could to the direction of more people to presence. Right. It's pretty impressive. Well, yeah, that's what we are going talking about earlier it's like all these people all these awakened people all these different personalities all these different like um 
modalities to the actual waking up process. And then we're all left with like, what does, and Osho is like a great example of somebody like redlining, like the spiritual, (laughs) the spiritual movement. Like he just put the pedal to the metal and was just like, we are doing this. Yeah. And, and you can look at Eckhart and it's the same thing. I mean, he redlined, I mean, he definitely touched more people than Osho did and just sheer numbers of people. I mean, he was on Oprah for crying out loud. I mean, back when Oprah was Oprah, he had the most exposure of, yeah. Um, it's the way it was delivered and the amount of trust that people had in Oprah. So he already had that. I mean, she was the trusted person to watch on TV. So he had that in his corner. Plus he was not very controversial. He was just Eckhart and people saw they at least could see something different in him. But no, no one had a further reach because it was global at that point too. And I was watching it like, damn, I just woke up. I'm like, how in the world? You got, finally, there's like a spiritual teacher on the biggest platform in the world. I thought the I thought the globe was going to wake up. Yeah. You know, you thought you were going to be like, like this was happening to everyone. When I saw that, I was like, whoa, there is no yeah. way. The globe is good because they were having call-ins from Germany. And I mean, this was like global. It wasn't just like the United States. And I I saw all that and I was like, man, how long is it going to take? And then now I think, well, a lot happened, but were a lot of seeds planted as well? You know, I don't know, but a lot of good come from it. But uh, there was not the massive awakening that everyone expected. Yeah, that's oh. what something like this, and um, it's just all the different stories and all the different um, ways people approach it, and then you just start to wonder, like. You know, what's going to be your basic skill to um, be present and, you know, do the right things when somebody's asking the right questions. And um, that seems to be where most of my focus is right now. That's why when I like stumble across something like, wait a second, did I just figure out I'm a demon trap? (laughs) Like, what's going on here? I'm pretty sure I could do that again in another circumstance and it's like what does that mean where and then if you look at if you look at like the two of us i mean something like that i mean it makes total sense why there would be two of us yeah like that's not something you would want to be doing on your own like being comfortable identifying with a negative energy, you know, in a room of possible, you know, negative energies. Yeah. Even so on, on, I mean, I think this podcast gets interesting when we have someone on 
Oh get, yeah. I think it gets yeah. really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the negative energy is definitely coming through the which means the energy, you know, non-classified or judgment is definitely coming through. So then just feeling the energy and um, seeing what wants to manifest, you know, that's, yeah, very. It's going to be fun. I mean, seeing it being laid out. I mean, we had to get the fundamentals down. And now I think we're we're um, getting comfortable with the setup that we have. Yep. So we'll see. Cool. You want to call it? Yep. Let's stop recording. <laughs>